of Psalms. Chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. <clears throat> of course, a very familiar passage of Scripture. And I expect everyone to turn their phone down, but I think I forgot to turn mine down, so just give me a second here. It's a really bad example when the preacher's phone goes off during the service. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, all right. Now that's done. Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. He should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I want to share some thoughts tonight as we think about this psalm. You know, this psalm is really, uh, it gives us two, uh, two contrasts. A contrast, it contrasts the godly those that seek the Lord, and of course the ungodly, or those who, who do not seek the Lord, or who uh, flee away from the Lord, as we'll talk about that a little bit later. So it's, it's, a, it's a contrast, and, and of course it gives us really the, a contrasted outcome or fruit of each also. And as we've said many times, these are, these are the fruits of the choices that people make. Um, you know, life is really about choices. And uh, people, people, don't, people like to make their choices, but don't like to live with the consequences. But sorry to say, the consequences go along with the choices we make. And, and so, as we think about that, first of all, he says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. The word blessed generally means happy. Uh, so he's happy. He's got a joyful life. Uh, Zach, uh, not Zachariah. Nehemiah says that the joy of the Lord is their strength. Uh, it speaks of a happy, fulfilled, or enjoyable life. And he gives some things, or says, blessed is a man that makes these choices. The first one is, not listen to the advice, the advice or counsel of the lost, of the world. Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. You know, we need to be careful we, where we get our advice, where we get our counsel for life, and the decisions that we make concerning life. Uh, now, there are some, some things in this world that you may seek counsel from people of the world for. You know, there's, I'm sure there are people of the world that know more about cars than I do. Yeah. If you're looking for counsel as to what kind of car to buy, don't come to me. I'm not a car expert. Um, I do think I've done pretty well with my cars, but I'm not a car expert, so don't, don't come to me and say, Pastor, should I? But, well, you know, it may be a matter of should you buy a car or not, but don't ask me what kind. I don't research what's the best car out there. Um, 
And if you're looking for the kind of gun to buy, don't come to me either because I don't do that research either. You ask somebody else in this congregation. There's some people in this congregation who do more of that kind of stuff than I do. But anyway, but needless to say, if we want counsel, we need to go to those that are wise in the eyes of the Lord. We want wisdom for life, to how to live godly, how to please the Lord. Uh, we need to seek the advice of those who have walked with God or walk with God and, and have uh, been successful in, your, in their Christian life. Of course, young people, you, know, you need to go seek the advice of your parents, uh, your pastor, uh, and so on. Uh, don't go to the fr- your friends. In, in 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 3, you have King Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, the, the wisest king that ever lived, King Rehoboam comes to the throne, and he, he, uh, uh, the children of Israel come to him and say, you know, uh, talk to him about his taxes that they were being levied, the burden of taxes, and and so he he goes to the old men and asks them their counsel, and then he goes to his friends that grew up with him, and the old wise men said, ease off the burden of taxes. And these people will serve you. His friends said, increase their taxes. Rule them with a heavy hand. And being the fool that he was, he took the advice of his friends. And he lost ten tribes. He lost over half the kingdom. Uh, I said, what good advice can a 12-year-old give a 12-year-old? Not much. (laughs) Uh, we need we no we need to listen to the advice of of those who walk with the Lord. Uh, Solomon, Ecclesiastes chapter two, you know he he we need to forsake the the uh, you know he sought to live to please himself to to please himself with the things of the world and and uh, and he found that it 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 brings no happiness. Ecclesiastes chapter two, verse. One, he says, I said in mine heart, go to now, I reprove thee with mirth, therefore enjoy pleasure, and behold, this also is vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad, and of mirth, what doeth it? I sought in my heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting mine heart with wisdom, and to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was that good for the sons of men, which they should do unto the heaven all the days of their life. I made me great works. So he's given us his advice here as to what will bring you satisfaction, and it's not the things of this world. I made me great works. I built me houses. I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens, orchards, and I planted trees in them of all kinds of fruit. I made me pools of water to water therewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens. I had servants born in my house. Also I had great possessions of great and small cattle of all that were before were in Jerusalem before me. I gathered me also silver and gold and peculiar treasure of kings and of princes. I got me men singers and women singers and delights of the sons of men as musical instruments and that of all sorts. So I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me. Whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy. My heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my portion of all my labor. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do. Behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun you know you could re, re, uh, you could heap to yourself 
uh, all kinds of things and riches. But the rich man always says, you know what? I need a little more. <laughs> I need a little more. If you're looking to those things to bring you satisfaction, it will not. You know, Solomon had everything he needed or could, his heart could desire, yet it did not bring happiness. Uh, you know, Howard, you would have thought Howard Hughes would have been the happiest man in the world. Yet he lived the recluse, a very unhappy man, miserable. Saddam, Saddam Hussein lived in constant fear, though he had 35 mansions. Then some people think, well, you know, you need to experiment to know about all these things. Why do I need to experiment with alcohol to know what it does to people? You know, a wise person would just observe and look around. I don't have to experiment with it to know or to see. Of course, if I just read the Bible, I will know. You know, some people have this idea we have to experiment a little bit with sin to know, uh, to, to, to have the experience. The experience for what? And that, but that's the mindset of the world. Uh, second thing he says, you know, so don't listen, don't listen to the vice of the unsaved. Don't keep bad company. Notice it says, don't walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Don't keep bad company. Hebrews 5, or not Hebrews, 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. There's an old saying, you get like those you hang around with. You get like those you hang around with. In 2 Samuel chapter 13, 2 Samuel chapter 13, and... Verses 1 through 3. You know, Amnon was one of David's sons. It says, And it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. And Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar. For she was a virgin, and Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend. At least that's what he called him, whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimei, David's brother. And Jonadab, notice this, was a very subtle man. Now, I'm not going to read all this for sake of time, but Jonadab counsels Amnon how to get his sister, how to basically rape his sister. Now, go to chapter verse 30. Go to verse 30, and the fruit of this is, really, you make a long story short here. So he follows Jonadab, his friend's advice, does what he says, forces his sister, Tamar, and then Absalom, her brother, seeks revenge and takes revenge and kills Amnon for his crime. And so... Uh, 
It says in verse 30, and it came to pass while they were in the way. In other words, all the king's sons rose and fled now from Absalom, who just killed Amnon. And it came to pass while they were in the way that tidings came to David, saying, Absalom has slain all the king's son. Isn't there not one of them left? Then the king arose and tear his garments and lay in the earth, and all his servants stood by with their clothes rent. And Jonadab, here's our good friend, the son of Shimei, David's brother, answered and said, Let not my lord suppose that they have slain all the young men, the king's son. For Amnon only is dead. For by the appointment of Absalom, this has been determined for the day that he forced his sister Tamar. See, Amnon had some bad company. And it cost him his head. So we need to be careful of the company we keep. Um, Solomon had a bad... (laughs) He kept bad female company. His wives. He chose wicked wives that served other gods. And his wives turned away his heart from following the Lord. Darren Babcock wrote a song years ago. Some of you may have heard it. You can't run with a skunk and smell like a rose. Whether you run with the wrong crowd, it always shows. You can't fool anybody, for everyone knows you can't run with a skunk and smell like a rose. If there's a skunk on the road, you always know it. And if you run with skunks, you're going to be tainted with the skunks. Proverbs 13.20 says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. You You can take some water and just put one drop of food coloring in it. And all the water is colored. And you can dilute it and dilute it and dilute it and dilute it and dilute it. And guess what? It's going to take a lot of time, a lot more water to get that water, if you ever do, back to its original color. Friends, bad friends, bad company. Don't keep company. Um, Standeth not in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, third thing we need to do, blessed is the man that reads or meditates on the word of God. So he, he don't listen to the vice of the unsaved, the lost. Don't keep bad company, but spend time in the Word, memorizing and meditating on the Word of God. Verse three, uh, verse two. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. Now this speaks of when you say meditate, it speaks of memorizing or or committing it to um, or thinking upon it, and 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 we are to delight to do that that we may. Uh, keep his law. You know, we we make choices from what we think about. I think it was Bob Jones Sr. that said, behind every sin, there's a process of wicked thinking. A process. You know, people don't usually, you know, they, people don't just go out and commit crimes. There's a process. And there is a process behind right choices. There's a process. It, it's the fruits of what we think about. The proverb says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So is he. So we need to spend much time in the word of God. Psalm 119 verse 9 was, says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Uh, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Verse 11 tells us. Uh, we want to be wise 
we are to, again, meditate on the Word of God. In Psalm 119, in verse 89, or 98, I'm sorry, Thou through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation, or the things I think about are the testimonies of God. I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. You know, think about Job and the men that came to uh, counsel him, and, they, and the Bible says that they were the wisest men of the East. But they couldn't find answers for Job's problems, for his trials. And Job said at one point, ye are physicians of no value. Job had more wisdom than they did. And these are the wisest men of the East. But, of course, remember, it was Job that said, I esteemed his word more than my necessary food. Um, you know, his word gives us light. Verse 105, that word is a lamp unto my feet and light under path. Uh, it gives us uh, peace. Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Uh, verse 165. So, so we need to, to spend much time in the word of God. It gives us wisdom. You know, David, of course, David, who, who is believed that wrote this psalm, was probably one of the most successful of kings that Israel ever had. In fact, his kingdom is marked by the fact that all other good kings are compared to him. They'll say, like, he did like Hezekiah. He did like his father, not uh, Ahaz, who was his father, but like his father David. It was Sahab Josiah. He did like unto his father David. You know, the opposite is true too. They did like unto Jeroboam, the king of Israel, who made Israel to sin. But so David was a man who, who, who spent much time meditating on the word of God. Now what would what would people say if they would say that someone did like unto you? And of course David said this. In Psalm 16, verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me, because he has not my right hand, I shall not be moved. So David determined or endeavored to stay close to God, and he said, therefore I will not fall. You know, what was the, what was the secret of Daniel's success? Well, in Daniel chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, Daniel had this testimony. Daniel 6, 4 and 5. It says, Then the president's princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault, forasmuch as he was faithful Neither was there any error or fault found of him. Then these men, then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. What a testimony. What was the key to Daniel's success? Well, Daniel, we know Daniel 1.8 says, He purposed in his heart would not defile himself, 
But, but if we read on this chapter, I think we get the key to his success in verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chambers toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did before time. See, it didn't matter what come up in Daniel's life, his time with the Lord was a priority. It was a priority. Even if it meant the liar's lion's den, Daniel served the Lord faithfully through uh, many heathen kings and kingdoms. Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, Darius, the Mede, Cyrus, and all these. And these were wicked, murderous men. But Daniel faithfully served the Lord through all those. Job, through all the trials he endured, remained faithful. Again, what was his secret? Well, Job 23, verses 10 through 12. Job 23, verses 10 through 12. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. So again, the success of these men, and of course we go back to Joshua 1.8, and Joshua's success all hinged upon the fact that they meditated. They spent time with the word of God, with the Lord. And so we need to spend time with the Lord. Uh, I remember talking to a missionary years ago, and uh, he had a, he was a missionary to Germany. He had a friend who was in Mexico in the mission field, and he all, all of a sudden he left his wife and divorced her and, and uh, uh, moved back to the States, and, and uh, I think he married someone else. But anyway, he said it kind of scared me when I, when I talked with him about it. He said, this is what he said. It all started by skipping my devotions. That's how it started. So blessed is the man. And, and, and I want you to notice also, he's also blessed in that he is fruitful. He shall be like a tree, verse 3, planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So here's a person whose delight, you know, his interest, his desire is in the law of God. He delights, you know, if you delight in the law of God, you're going to delight to do the will of God. And he, and he says, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So his life will be fruitful, blessed. The idea is, is full. Uh, again, and it is fruit that is eternal. Notice it says, his leaf also shall not wither. When you think of something that does not wither, it does not fade or vanish away. It's continual. It's continual. Um, it's, it's a life. Again, it's a life. You know, again, as we think about humanity, we know we're not sinless. And, but it's a life with, with, that's not full of remorse 
full of regret. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Solomon warns us again, particularly the young and the youth, Ecclesiastes 12. Let's, let's start at verse 11, verse 9. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. Let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God would bring thee into judgment. Therefore remove sorrow from thy heart, put away evil from thy flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity. Remember now, in the days of thy, now thy creator, in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Now I want you to notice, this is one sentence all the way down to verse 7. So it's one continuous thought. So I have no pleasure in them. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be dark, not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. In the days when the keepers of the house shall tremble and the strong men shall bow themselves and the grinders cease because they are few. And those that look out of the windows be darkened. You know, I, I kind of, if you allegorize this just a bit, which I think it's kind of meant to do, the sun speaks of light. And the moon speaks of light, being able to see perception when your eyes grow dim. So, so don't live your life while you're young that when your eyes grow dim, you regret it. And your grinders cease, teeth fall out. Uh, the windows be darkened, the doors be shut in the streets when the sound of the grinding is low, and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. Also when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fear shall be in the way, and almond trees shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden, and the desire shall fail. Because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. Speaking of growing old and dying. Or ever the silver cord be loose, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern. Speaks of well that can't bring forth water. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who, got, who gave it. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, all is vanity. So can hear the conclusion of the whole matter, verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So, but the man that delights in the law of the Lord will be like this tree that's planted by the river that is fruitful and does not wither. Does not wither. Now, contrast, then he contrasts it. The ungodly, verse 4, are not so. We're like the chaff which the wind driveth away. So the fruitful or the, the man that's blessed or the man that seeks God or delights in God, uh, his fruit or his leaf shall not wither. But the ungodly are like the chaff, which the wind driveth away. It means to dispel like stubble or smoke. It will not last. It is not eternal. You know, everything that people in this world work for is temporary. When they leave less life, they leave it. They leave it. They can spend all their days working, working to lay up treasures on earth and leave it. 
And that's what Solomon's saying. That's all vanity. It's all vanity. It'll go up in smoke, so to speak. He says they'll not stand. They'll not stand in the congregation of the righteous. Or not, they, they will not dwell with God's people. Notice verse 5. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Uh, they will Actually, they will flee away. Look at Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. Revelation 20, verse 11. Revelation 20, verse 11. It says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. So they're going to try and flee away from God. Of course, you know, the book of Revelation tells us they've been fleeing from God. You know, they, they don't want anything to do with God. And he says, The ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. You know, we're going to stand in the judgment. We're going to be judged. Not for our sin, but for our works. Because our sin is judged on Calvary. You know, a person that's not guilty, a person that's not guilty is not afraid to stand before the judge. You know, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of policemen. In fact, I often, if I see a policeman in the parking lot, I was up in Franklin one day at the Napa store, or Walker's Auto Parts, I guess it's called now, getting some parts, I think, for the Suburban, some oil and filter. And I walked out of the store, and parked right next to my vehicle was two uh, Franklin County police officers. So I walked over and shook their hands and, Told them I appreciated their service. And, but you know, some people wouldn't do that. I read one time where this uh, car was driving down the road. I heard this story. Chuck Gossett told the story first, and I looked it up one day on the Internet, and I found it. Anyway, this car was driving down the road, and a police officer was coming the other way. And it came to a, a side road, a dirt side road, like a farmer's field lane, and he turned, he saw the police officer, so he turned down this side road and drove the car to the end of the, the end of the road, being a field lane, it's going to have an end, so dead end, and then jumped out of the car and fled on foot. After everybody kind of puzzled, what the world? So they looked at the tags and did a little research and they found out it was a stolen car. See, the wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are as bold as a lion, Proverbs says. And sinners will not stand. They'll try to flee away from God. They are afraid of the Lord. But the Lord, we know the Lord loves us and gave himself for us, and we know not fear. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear, the Bible tells us. So the ungodly should not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. How long do people stay in church like this when they're lost? You know, John tells us in his epistles that they went out from us because they were not of us. They were not of us. Judas, 
Bible tells us, went to his own place. They will not stand. Sinners in the congregation righteous. And then notice verse 6. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the, the way of the ungodly shall perish. Go to 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Many shall follow the pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, feigned as fake or, or put on like a disguise, like an act. Whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them, and seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. See, the Lord knoweth. The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. You know, he delivered, he, he, he destroyed the old world, but delivered just Noah. He destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah and delivered just Lot. You know, the Lord knows. The Lord knows us by name. He knoweth the way of the righteous. 2 Timothy 2.19 says, 2 Timothy 2.19, um, <clears throat> nevertheless, the the, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ Depart from iniquity. See, the Lord knows us. We're actually, John 10 tells us, we're in his hand. We're in his hand. We're in the hand of the Lord. The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. He knows. You know, John 14 talks about he is the way, and the idea is kind of like the path. He knows our way. He knows we're on, if we're saved, we're on the right way, so to speak. He knows. But the ungodly, again, the contrast, the ungodly, the way of the ungodly shall perish. It, it shall come to naught. The way of the ungodly shall be brought to shame and confusion of face. You see, the two ways here are contrasted. You know, there's really, there's only two classes of people in the world. 
those that are saved, and those that are lost. And there are going to be two ends. They're going to, the lost will perish, the righteous unto eternal life. And those two paths or those two ways are the result of our choice. Our choices. The choice we make. Either to receive the Lord and follow him or reject him. As the wicked do. Might God help us to have the blessed life? It doesn't mean without problems, but it does mean we have a solution to our problems and we can have peace with God, knowing that when we leave this life, we go be with him, and that we can lay up fruit that is eternal. It's eternal, it's forever. So might God help us to be blessed of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the time of your word tonight. Thank you for the contrast we see in your word. And Father, I pray to help us also to have the eyes and the understanding to perceive it in the world, in the lives of people. So Lord, help us to seek to delight ourselves in the Lord and meditate upon your word that we might be blessed of thee that we might be fruitful, our leaf would not wither. Help our young people just to be faithful, to seek the delight to do thy will, O God, that thy way may be blessed upon the earth. Just thank you again for your time and your word tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.